Coca, su naray, su naray en ti. 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 Hello, hi, welcome to this new episode of the Mango TV podcast. Today we have Maya Magdalena. Maya Magdalena is a shamanic sexual somatic practitioner trained by ISTA, which is the International School of Temple Arts, Embodiment Guide, and a Serpent High Priestess. She has been studying at various modern-day mystery schools dedicated to soul initiation, cosmology, mysteries of the body, and deep feminine mysteries. In these schools, she went through her initiation, and this is where a lot of her embodied wisdom com comes from. She's also part of a global tribe dedicated to emergence of temple and mystery school around the world, recognizing the need for them on the way of anchoring new soulful civilization on earth. Currently, she lives in Ibiza, where she offers community workshops, circles and ritual, and serves men, women and couple on the path of ecstatic embodiment, liberation and one-on-one -on -one session. I mean, this is so exciting when you hear <laughs> ecstatic embodiment liberation. <laughs> well, welcome, Maya. Mm. Hello, thank you for having me. So, as, as our Mangusta listener knows, we are just starting inviting Tantra expert. We will be licensing two documentary on Tantra. And yes, our listener really comes to Mango TV mostly for psychedelic science, psychedelic medicine, consciousness, mindfulness, this kind of topic. And I thought that, as you say here, you know, if, if, if we need to, you said, uh, anchoring a new soulful civilization. And mm. so I think the, the most important thing these days or, or, or what Mango TV is exp exploring with the, the end of the Mayan calendar, you know, this idea of a this moment in time being a tipping point in consciousness mm -hmm. of people awakening, you know, all over the world. Then, of course, there is deep pocket of darkness and evil, like the war and mm -hmm. all the misery in the world. But then there is a lot of people really awakening. So, so we are, that's what we're trying to explore in this mm -hmm. in this channel. So, as usual, I would like to propose you to divide this conversation in three main categories. Then, of course, we can go back and forth which is a little bit the cultural background of this practice, which is very ancient. And, and then, you know, I want to hear what did you choose from all this, you know, enormous literature on Tantra. But then I'd love to know a little bit about your personal story and then about your practice. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit what is Tantra and then what is Tantra for you? Mm. Mm. Yeah, I feel there's so much confusion these days about what Tantra really means. And to be honest, I don't really use word Tantra so much in my work, mainly because of that confusion. And, um, you know, we have like classical tantric teachings, which are in Sanskrit, and there is a lot of various translations and lineages that come from there. A lot of different teachers teaching also different kind of interpretations of these lineages. And then we have a new new tantra, which is, you know, can be pretty much everything connected to the sacred sexuality. So, yeah, everyone can tell you a different thing. But for me, ultimately, how I understand the word tantra is really to to embrace the life just as it is, to really be able to welcome and embody all aspects of life. And um, it can be more to do with, you know, the presence and light and the consciousness, but also, you know, more human aspects of existence, you know, more related to the body, to the desires, to the sexuality, you know, to our emotions. So for me, the tantric path is a path of actually welcoming, you know, everything that life brings us with presence, with awareness, with love and, you know, integrating piece by piece. And this is a path towards wholeness and holiness as well, I believe. Yeah. 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 But so when you say integrating piece, mm. all these pieces, w which mm -hmm. one can you can you elaborate <laughs> on what are those pieces? Yeah. 
So you see, like, depends where we are, right, on our personal journey. For some people, you know, this piece might be expanding the consciousness, right? So maybe maybe someone is very stuck into, you know, business mindset and they need to expand their horizons and they start to do a psychedelic medicine and, you know, they turn more towards the collective consciousness. And for other people, it might be actually embracing what is happening in their body on the emotional level, right? Maybe they are in the chapter of the life where they go through a lot of, you know, just deep, heavy emotions. And maybe there is some trauma coming up in the body, you know, or, or problems in the relationships, you know, with your beloved or with your partner. So this is then to be able to embrace all of that, you know, even even the, the, the parts of our humanness that are very uncomfortable. And most of the time, you know, we don't want them in our reality. We're trying to push them away because we always want to feel happy. We always want to feel pleasure. We always want to, you know, whatever is it that we want, but to really be able to welcome, you know, also so this dark moments, yeah, and and also our sexuality, right? You know, sexuality is such an important part of being human, and and you know, there is a lot of I can talk about it. Why is it important right now to look into our sexuality? But yeah, for other people, they are in the place in their life where where these parts will be, you know, the parts, you know, of their you know sexuality of their embodiment that they cannot access because of the shame in the body or you know different kind of trauma. So then this will be what they are about to embrace right and sometimes we have a lot of problems with really welcoming life because we are very much into this polarization okay this is good this is bad this is right this is wrong this is what I like this is what I dislike and for me Tantra really goes beyond that polarization right so it goes really into the place beyond all of that, when we can aspect all, we can embrace all the flavors of life and mm -hmm. stop to make judgments about what's welcomed here and what is not welcomed here. So, because I, I have been told that Tantra is, uh, Tan is expansion mm -hmm. and, and Tra is the, the science of expansion, but listening to you right now, maybe mm. it, sh it is more the sense of integration. Mm -hmm. And then I guess when you're integrated, you expand, mm -hmm. I guess. Mm -hmm. Exactly. But, but so, so, so this is a discipline that would attract anybody who feels non-integrated. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so who feels not whole, mm -hmm. who has some sort of even existential anxiety or, mm -hmm. or I mean, some people have specific issue that has to do with, you know, anxiety or depre depressive episode or not be able to find their purpose, feeling a little bit, you know, like maybe have a problematic relationship with their loved one, with the family. So basically, anybody who is not well in the skin is mm. welcome to this practice. Exactly. Yeah. And of course, tantric practices are not always about sexuality and making love, right? Again, depends on the lineages. Some lineages focus specifically on the practices. Mm. And these are the practices that you basically take to your bedroom. Others focus more of, you know, all different aspects of, of life, the practices that help you also to stay present, focus, day-to-day -day life not so much connected to sexuality. And then like there are I different lineages, you know, of more, you know, the darker parts of our beings. We call them the darker, more connected just to the density and to the earthiness and, you know, tantric schools. I believe also our schools, some of them where they where they help us to liberate the body, right? To to open the body, to release all the shame, fear, guilt that is stuck in our system sometimes for generations. So what's happened then that the more the body opens, the more space there is in the body, the more the soul can land. Mm, yeah. So the consciousness that we so much focus uh, on these days, also through psychedelic plants, we are expanding the consciousness, right? It's, it's, I feel like it's a preparation for them to come back to the body. Yeah, and I can share also that my understanding is that on the path of evolution, you know, we had to go through a stage, you know, like a couple of thousand years or more, focusing on developing the consciousness, expanding the consciousness, developing the presence, 
because before that, you know, we were driven by by our very animalistic, very, you know, bodily desires, basic, right? Basic instincts. Basic, yes, exactly. So, so we had to kind of learn how to control that, how to, in a way, dominate the body so we can grow and expand as a conscious beings. But what's happened then is that we went a little bit too far, you know, and the mind became the muscles that, in my opinion, became overgrown, right? So, and again, like just because we have big mind doesn't mean also that we are present and we are conscious, right? Yeah, probably the opposite. Yes, very often. And um, so then the psychedelic plants are coming into the picture, help us, you know, help humanity to really bring the presence, bring the awareness to everything that we are doing and expand the field of consciousness. Realize that we are all one, we are all connected, you know, that the love is, a, is, is, is something that truly matters in this world, right? And, and then once we, we have that presence and this awareness, then we can again come back on a descent path, right? So rather than ascension, which is, you know, reaching to the sky and to heaven and overcoming bodily desires and in a way also repressing them to, to, to really focus on, on reaching out to, 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 you know, to higher states of consciousness, then we bring it again all the way down to our body. And as we go into the body, we're going to meet everything that we have left behind. Yeah. And I feel like the, you know, the, the psychedelic plants very often show us that, that everything that we're not willing to meet, you know, sooner or later we have to look into that. Yeah. There is no way around it. We can play with time, we can postpone things, but when it's time to meet your personal inner hell, <laughs> your, your trauma, you know, your, your, your wounds, this darkness that is inside of you, you know, it's, it's, it's going to come after you. So when we go on this path back into the body, very often these are the layers of the body that we need to face as well. Yes, this is this is very important. I would like to make sure that our listener <coughs> got this because there is this these two ideas that you mentioned. One is this idea of the you know glorification of the mind. Mm -hmm. This idea that you know Descartes says uh, cognito ergo sum. The, this idea that the more we have developed mind, the better of a human being we are. We are, and this is now is proving that as you say, we went too far away. And I can't remember who said that the mind is a great servant, but mm -hmm. it's a terrible master. Mm -hmm. And we feel that in our civilization of, you know, designed to accomplish things, mm. the mind becomes almost a prison. Mm. And being stuck in your mind then, and now I'm exaggerating, but you might, you know, develop illness in your body because mm -hmm. you feel that you're not, you're like, almost like neglecting the body. Mm -hmm. That's an important idea. And the second one is that you mentioned is that, you know, in all the religion and philosophical tradition, this idea of ascension and transcendence and, and, and what is really respected, it's this idea of, of, of going through this, you know, to transcend and to go into this ethereal mm -hmm. place. And also there you're saying be careful because sometimes liberation goes through dissension, mm -hmm. goes through understanding your body, this new age idea that the body is your temple, mm -hmm. that you need to, there is this book called The Body Keeps the Score that really explains so well that all your traumatic events are stored in your body. Mm -hmm. So if you want to transcend, mm -hmm. <laughs> you need to descend. Mm -hmm. That's such an interesting. Thank you for sharing mm -hmm. that. Yeah. So you mentioned all these different lineages. So which one got your attention and which one did you practice, if mm. you want? Yeah, so I, you know, I spend most of my life in the some form of darkness and mm. yeah there was a lot of a lot of depression a lot of addictions a lot of you know partying and and then came the moment when i decided to leave this all behind or not that, that i decided but there was a really longing and calling from the depth of my soul and i just had to create the change in my life so i started with ascension path 
right? And I start. What is it? Mm-hmm. I'm not uh-huh. familiar with the ascension path. Ascension. Yeah. So the path of actually transcending the yeah. body, right? And developing the consciousness, developing the presence, developing the awareness, you know, all the practices that help us to expand on the consciousness level. But what kind of cultural framework mm-hmm. were you using for that? Hmm. So I think it's it started simply by you know the f- from you you're doing yoga yeah. yeah doing yoga and different kind of meditations mm-hmm. and then you know I discovered theta healing Te- so uh, theta healing which is using the theta brain waves mm. to to create the the altered states of consciousness as well and change the the belief systems and reprogramming re- reprogram our our system so you know we can liberate ourselves from the different patterns but how does it work you, how does the other how, how do you harness the theta, uh-huh. the theta frequency uh-huh. so there are there are there are there are uh, there is a school it's simply called theta healing school uh-huh. And there are different trainings where they teach you through meditation mm-hmm. how to access the theta brainwave. Mm-hmm. And then you can, I was also a practitioner, so I was helping people, offering the sessions where, where they would, you know, come to me with a specific issue and I would use, put them in the state of theta brainwave for them to be able to release some of this conditioning and programming. So it's similar to hypnosis, but works with a different brain frequency. Wow. And it, but it's a machine that makes a noise? No, no, no. no. It's actually through the meditation. Ah, through the meditation. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. it's very interesting. So it's, it's a bit of, you know, just when we, one can say a bit of magic. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I'm, I'm saying that because I feel like it's important for people to realize that very often that where we have awakening, so-called awakening, when we realize to the, when, when we awaken to the, you know, to our conscious self, first step very often is this ascension path, this transcendence. You know, we start with yoga, we start with meditation we learn how to reprogram our belief systems and so on and so on and and plant medicine plants are so helpful in that as well so you started simultaneously with meditation yoga the theta healing uh-huh. and the psychedelics then the psychedelics came in mm-hmm. i was using already psychedelics before but in an unconscious way i would say so like then po- like partying yeah like L- yeah mm-hmm, exactly mm-hmm. so so then you know i started to to go to the ayahuasca ceremonies and and it helped me really to yeah, to come out of the addictions, you know, and and I'm really grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Sorry, because this is a topic that is dear to okay. the, our listeners. Yes, sure. Do you mind to elaborate a little bit on how ayahuasca helped for mm. you um, to address the addiction? What is the mm-hmm. mechanism for you? Yeah. So I spent maybe 15, 17 years uh, in a party world, being a raver and mm. you know doing all kind of substances, and that was the way of life I knew. And then something changed in me, and when when I when I when I realized that you know ayahuasca is there, and I heard many different stories, I started to get curious. And at some point, it was just coming like from the depth of my being, like okay, I have to, I have to do it. And um, in my first session, I remember I just started to see like the book of my life, you know, like someone would just take my book and just going through the pages. So it's a little bit, then I understood was a little bit like people ex- uh, described before the um, like when they have near-death experience, right? So it was a little bit of that. So that was the moment of this like, wow, you know, like this is my life, right? And I wasn't really happy what I was seeing. And at that time, I was suffering. It's so beautiful. No? Yeah, that it's there is incredible. Such a technology. Yeah, it's yeah. it's really it, it is really incredible. Yeah. And at that time, already for seven years, I was suffering for very, very strong headaches. And I did a lot of, you know, I went to a lot of doctors. I did a lot of tests. Nobody could tell me what it is. Mm. And it was this pain that I would describe as someone would put a screwdriver in my f- uh, forehead. Wow. Yeah, so it was, we can say, where the third eye is. Oh, oh, but wow. I didn't understand that at that time. Mm. So I would have such a headaches that, that, you know, sometimes for week two that I would have to just do like three painkillers a day and I would wake up with a headache and go to bed with a headache. And uh, nobody could help me. Uh-huh. And in my first ayahuasca ceremony, you know, none of it made sense. I didn't understand what this book meant at that time. But then at some point, it showed up for me a hand, a hand that just started to do this movement of scooping from, the, from my forehead. Uh-huh. 
And from that moment, I never had a headache again. Incredible. Yeah. And, and I came to the ceremony with a headache, I remember. And, and that was really a miracle. You know, that was really a miracle that shook me enough to start to believe in miracles. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I sh- I'm, I'm sure a neuroscientist would say that, you know, beliefs create biological pain. You know, mm-hmm. people have backache all their life, but nothing is wrong with their back. Mm-hmm. You know, with the, it's, they call it psychosomatic pain, yeah. right? But that which is more linked about a psychological condition than a physical condition. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I like also the word miracle. Yeah, <laughs> you know, sometimes it's important at, uh, w- when you are in the in the in the period of your life when you are in in despair or mm-hmm. you are depressed, right? Which most of the time is connected to feeling like there is no hope. Yes. Right. So these little miracles, you know, and faith that comes in in this moment, it's really can save your, your life, basically. Yeah. And, and we don't want to make a sense out of it. And and this is always what has been serving humanity yeah. in, in some we don't have stages. Yeah. Right. So for me, it was beginning of, of just being, you know, amazed by, by and, and, and curious for, for, for this plant and the capacity of this plant. So. In my second ceremony, I remember I had a, such a deep healing with my father, you know, where, where I have a story with my father where we didn't have much of the contact and, you know, and, and I thought I'm not being affected by it, you know, it was, but then I realized that it was a part of me that I deeply repressed, yeah. you know, because yeah. I didn't want to feel it. So in yeah. the second ceremony, uh, you know, I had a very deep healing connected to my father and, yeah. and so on and so on. The journey has started. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because mm-hmm. it, allo- it, you know, it, it reduced those tryptamines, this MDMT, they reduced mm-hmm. this default mode network, which is the neuropsychopharmacologist call it the egoic armor. Mm-hmm. And when that is weakened, then the subconscious material become more accessible yeah it's like you know mm. incredible <laughs> yeah yeah so you know to come back to your question like how how this helped me with my addictions and changing completely my lifestyle is that you know i found out that after each ceremony i would just not be able to for example even have a glass of wine you know not talking about any other heavy substances and now looking back in time, I understand that, you know, that it's because I felt so deeply connected to nature, you know, and in the beginning it was the nature that I perceived on the outside of me, but then with the time I understood that to my own nature mm-hmm. as well, right? So after each ceremony, I would have periods of being sober. And in this, and it in, felt great. And it felt great, <laughs> but also it started to shake something in me, which is the wound of not belonging. Mm. Because all my life and my tribe, the people around me, my community, was built around that. Yeah. So that's why I think it's so difficult to 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 just change change your lifestyle and come out of the addictions because it, it you will be asked to let go of probably everything <laughs> at some point. Yeah. So so. Then, you know, so this became like another substance to work with in the next ceremonies, you know, and in the next ceremonies, you know, there will be different elements and pieces coming around understanding of actually that I was in the wrong place, you know, not only in the wrong place, doing the wrong things, but also with the wrong people. Yeah. And that I have a mission on this earth and there is something else that I'm supposed to be doing somewhere else with somebody else. Nice. And yeah. wh- where were you? In Amsterdam? No. Actually, it was here in Ibiza. Yeah, Ibiza. yeah, yeah. That oh. was in Ibiza. And yeah, most of the, the ceremonies in the beginning were, were in Ibiza, actually. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. So then how did you discover Tantra? Mm-hmm. And how did you pick your specific uh, lineage? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is how this, uh, the, the story actually links very well. And this is a part of, of something that I wanted to also share here is that, you know, after this, this part of, you know, ascension and, and, and expanding the consciousness and developing the consciousness very often, and that's what's happened for me, I call it the matter of your body claims you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay, now is the next stage. Now it's time for me to go back to my body. Something calls me down, down, down to my body, to my base, to the earth. 
in the very embodied way, you know, as, 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 as acknowledgement that this body is actually earth itself. It's not on the outside, it's this. Mm. That my soul inhabits, right? So, so for me, it was like that. It's just sometime I, I realized that this was my last ayahuasca ceremony. Mm. And now is the time to even stop to consume this plant. And I stopped also to consume all the psychedelics for some time, yeah, for, for a couple of years or more. And, and this is where a lot of trauma started to come up for me, mm. embodied trauma and sexual trauma. Mm. And I'm not talking here specifically of, you know, the trauma from like, you know, abuse of being raped, you know, not necessarily just, just, you know, the ways how I was abusing myself, mainly because I was taking the substances, partying, then, you know, having sex in a way that was very unhealthy, very disconnected. Not present, Not present. I was disassociating from my body. So I was raping myself in a way and abusing myself. And I know I'm using heavy words here, but it's also important that this is just being acknowledged for what it is, right? And in my system, it felt like that. It was really a trauma where I came to the moment in my life where I just, nobody could touch me. You know, I was, I was just like, I was, I was emanating through my body, just don't come close, you know? So it threw me into one and a half year of celibacy. Not because I consciously wanted to, but it's just because I wasn't able to connect with anyone. It was also the time I, I, I separated from one of uh, my partners and, you know, so I went deeply into the grief into a heartbreak and a lot of situations were happening in my life that were just pulling me down, you know? So I started to seek again, you know? And I heard about Tantra and I was looking for, for all different lineages and trying different things and nothing really deeply resonated, you know? And I think this is why I never focus on any specific Tantric lineage like Tao or, you know, classical Tantra or, you know, any, any Vedic teachings. Like for me it was just tasting, tasting this, tasting that, tasting this, tasting that. And then I came across ISTA, International School of Temple Arts, which is a modern mystery school. And they actually combining a lot of these different teachings. You know, there are the different uh, uh, faculty that that brings different knowledge from different lineages. And the the framework is is combining a lot of the ancient practices together with the modern ones. So it was like a school that was giving me everything that I was looking for. Wow, incredible. Mm -hmm. But so who 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 developed the curriculum of this this school? Baba Des? Yes, Baba Des is is the founder. And then also I want to mention um, Bruce Lyon, who who came in later and responsible also for a lot. But, Mm. But so... This is very like, in a way, very classic question. But so what, what was Baba Des and Bruce Lyon background? They were mm-hmm. trained like what, you know? So hmm, I'm not sure about Baba Des's background, to be honest. I, I, I'm, I'm not really sure. Doesn't I don't matter. think Doesn't I matter. can answer a- the and question. And Bruce Lyon? Bruce Lyon, uh, he is a guy that is just studied and investigated like everything from science to to you know different kind of mystic practices cosmology so this guy is really um, yeah incredible well of wisdom and i really recommend to yeah to to check this guy out he, he wrote he wrote some books yeah there are some books yeah. it, they are they, there's a lot of esoteric you know books connected to cosmology to soul initiation and yeah so it's it's quite esoteric stuff so yeah we we will put in the show notes the name and maybe the these books i mean mm-hmm. but i can't help asking you now what is the link now with cosmology mm-hmm. and, ta- and tantra <laughs> so yeah um, as i was mentioning on the, when we go on, we embark on this descent path back into the body you know and in, in in my communities how we call it is to land the soul in the body mm-hmm. So that in a way we can look at it, and of course this is just a way of framing it, you know, but we can look at it of a soul or the consciousness or the feel of unconditional love, you know, coming deeper and deeper into the density of the body, right? So, you know, in ancient times, these 
this was called a soul initiation. Yeah, and there was a lot of temples and mystery schools uh, dedicated to the soul initiation. In the modern mystery schools, we are, you know, going through the processes where consciously in the ritual and through different practices, we are bringing more and more consciousness and awareness into the body. And then everything that comes on the way, comes up on the way, as we are coming into the body, we're coming deeper into the density, we're meeting the trauma, we're meeting our shame, guilt, you know, we're meeting all the stuff connected to our sexuality and we are dealing with it. We, we are learning how to feel safe with the intensity of our body, with intensity of, of how, how our body can make us feel sometimes overwhelming, right? Yes. With everything that it stores there. If we look at the cosmos, you know, as a fractal, mm-hmm. right? And it's like a microcosm and a microcosm and, and as within, so without. So mm. if we look at how, how the, at the cosmos, there is the earth, right? There is the sun and there is the center of the galaxy or the black hole. And, you know, uh, we can, in the symbolism, the earth means the body, the sun is the soul, and the, 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 the center of the galaxy, the black hole, is the, our dark core or the spirit. Or the subconscious. So, you know, we can use this as a framework. Like a metaphor. Metaphor, yeah, yeah to, to really create, you know, the processes that will help us to understand our nature and to understand how to bring ourselves into process of initiation where the soul can Descent. be integrated In, into yeah. body. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So the cosmology gives us a lot of insights into our nature. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's, it's like, a, like a semantic framework to understand our place in the universe and, 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 and how by integrating our body, we have we integrated us with 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 everything really Mm. but so just to go back to more practical so you research you felt that you were misusing sexual energy for many years Mm. but you still felt that it was a strong force that maybe can be harnessed in a different way you heard about tantra you start researching it you find ista so you start ista level one where and how long ago (laughs) Yeah, it was uh, three and a half years ago, I believe, in Guatemala. Guatemala. Yeah, first I heard about it a year earlier. Mm-hmm. And the moment I heard about it, already something so started to shake mm. in my body. You know, there was a oh, vibrancy in my body. Something was coming alive. And then I heard different names. And again, I had this reaction in my body, like, ooh, wow. something is happening. And I was just coming out of this time of celibacy. So I was quite dead, let's say. And suddenly there is this aliveness, you know. So that was, oh, yeah, what is this? I want to find that I want more of that right so then I met some 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 people from East I I had some connections with them and those are almost like the introduction for me already and again I felt so much aliveness in my body so much life force awakening you know and oh I was I was feeling more and more ecstatic and 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 just like you know excited about life again while while you were there Yes, yes. But yes. so f- give us a little bit, if you can, a sense of the program. So it's one week. Mm-hmm. There is a little bit of theory, a little bit of practice, and then people are encouraged to just try. But just give a little bit of sense of what's happening mm-hmm. in this one week long yeah. retreat. So uh, then when I did my first, first Easter level one, you know, uh, it, it was quite challenging for me, actually, I have to say. What we do there really is we are uh, diving into the topics of, first of all, like what are the fu- fundamentals that you need to learn to start to feel safe with your sexuality. So you learn the basics of consent. You learn the wheel of consent. You learn about the boundaries. You learn and practice a lot how to say no, you know, which is a really a difficult part. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they should teach it in school <laughs> to of teenagers. Course, totally, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. And, and we are working with our emotional body. Emotional body is a portal, you know, and it's between it's, it's like almost the first step before we can go 
really truly deeply into our root and our sexuality mm. and there is a lot of stuck emotions there is grief you know there is shame. rage shame fear guilt so we deal with that i mean we never deal with that fully but we work with it you know mm. in the level one we we look into into that and we learn the tools how to how to feel safe when our emotional body emotional body is activated and how to increase fluidity emotional fluidity because we quickly learn that the more emotionally fluid we are the more we can perceive life feel life and the more pleasure we can also feel mm. yeah so we cannot choose what we want to feel what we cannot feel yeah if we say no to grief we say no to pleasure it's just simply we cannot choose. Either we feel life as it is or we don't. So in level one, we really tap into that and into this aliveness that becomes available once we want, really want to embrace life as it is. There are the shamanic tools we get also, how to deal with these different parts I was talking about, you know, and, 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 and how to really take life in our hands and reclaim our sovereignty. It's a lot about learning how to be a sovereign being, which means your own authority, how to know how to clear your emotional body so you can tap into your truth, into your presence. And from there, you know what's good for you, what's wrong for you, when it's your yes, when it's your no. We learn that very often, especially in the sexual context, we say yes when we mean no, especially for women is a big issue to sometimes richly open your mouth and say something when there is already gentle form of overriding boundaries happening. Mm. We get in freeze, you know, so we also learn how to unfreeze. We, we learn, you know, we learn about the, the you know, the, 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 the sex connected conversation, you know, like yeah. how, how do we actually become comfortable with yeah. talking about sex and uh, safe yeah. sex practices as well. Yeah, yeah. This, this is so interesting. And, uh, you know, we can have another full podcast on understanding the cause of, you know, this shame and guilt and, 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 and you know, lack of boundaries. It comes from the patriarchy, it comes from the Judeo-Christian morality. Mm -hmm. There is so much that has been, you know, done to create all this shame and guilt and, 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 and unease around, around sexuality. Okay, so it was difficult for you because, you know, you had to face mm -hmm. all your, you know, trauma. And yeah, yeah. But then you left and you felt empowered. Yes. And you decided to be a tantrika. Yeah. <laughs> was it that fast or? Uh, yeah, I think already a year before when I started to, you know, have all this, uh, I call it tantric awakening mm -hmm. happening in my body when my kundalini started to awaken, you know, mm -hmm. and I started to experience, you know, my body shaking and a lot of life force moving through, which will also create altered state of consciousness. Wow, but so tell us a little bit about this kundalini awakening. Mm -hmm. This is something you also had in, bo in yoga. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no I, 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 there is, I think, a lot of misunderstanding mm. about the Kundalini, you know, the Kundalini yoga is a very different thing. And I think, no, no, that's, yeah, mm, that's a breathing. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, you, you didn't have the Kundalini rising before the Tantra? <laughs> no, not really. I really never really went fully into that practice. And I, I, I don't think it's the same thing. Okay. You know, this is, this is really like, it feels like a, an earthquake in your body. <laughs> and it's an eruption from your base. Mm. And and actually it feels like you know the very powerful energy of the earth wants to move through you wow. you know from your base and up out through your uh, wow. crown and because the body is not used to that energy and the power and because there is not enough space in the body because of all this trauma and all this other stuff i spoke about it creates the friction and resistance and there is sometimes like a very very uncomfortable feeling and shaking so, uh, and other times it brings this this expanded uh, vision, or or go takes take it used to take me into altered state of consciousness, and and I was again like similarly like with ayahuasca. Ooh, I want more of that. I mm -hmm. want to I want to experience that. So when I did my first training, you know, I was already in it. So even though it was challenging, I was able to understand that okay, this was challenging because again, like I I didn't want to face a lot of that and now I faced it and I liberated myself a little bit and I want more liberation and I, and I, and I felt ecstatic, you know, and I, and, I, and I was so open and so receptive and so flowy and so 
pleasurable, you know, like I felt so much pleasure. And also when my emotions were coming, they were flowing, they were not getting stuck. Amazing. I mean, yeah. who, would, who wouldn't want a Kundalini rising after this description? But so is it difficult to, to, to activate it? I, 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 you know, I, there are the practices, of course, that can support you. But I think at the end is, you know, there's certain certain things that needs to be done on the path first. Mm. And then, you know, whether you want it or not, it's going to happen for you. Yeah. So maybe we can speed it up or maybe not. We don't know really how is it. But, but you know, when it comes, it comes. And you cannot, like, provoke it if you're not yeah. ready for it. Yeah. So being ready means working on your obstacles, on your psychological resistance. Yeah. And also, I, I believe also, you know, developing the heart, you know, because this is, this is also the power that becomes available for you that I believe that, you know, that we, we need to, you know, truly care and love for one another and for the planet to, to, to come to the point of being ready for, you know, another, another chapter, yeah. Amazing, so you have to give, you know, go, do that journey from the mind to the heart. Yeah, I believe we go from the mind to the heart, you know, we expand our consciousness and then we have the awareness presence and we have the love. Mm. And then we can dive into the mysteries of the bodies and mysteries of our sexualities and harvest the power that is available there. Amazing. I mean, this yeah. practice seems to be, you know, we are now in the, you know, urgent need to integrate this practice into the mainstream and possibly in school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because this teenager, they grow up completely misinformed and, and, and you know, educated mm-hmm. by porn. And, you know, maybe the, the next evolution of the Me Too movement will be into, you know, more mm-hmm. Tantra available for the mainstream mm-hmm. because very few people even know about this practice exist. And they think it's such an esoteric thing, but mm-hmm. it's just about knowing your body and mm-hmm. tap to your heart and yeah and so when did you decide to make this your career yeah so you know like we all have different mission on this planet right and for some people it will be more connected to to you know the the, the consciousness awareness and and so on and for other people it's more connected to the body and and as i was doing these different trainings you know mainly because i wanted to feel free and and ecstatic and you know liberated i started to realize that i carry a gift there that actually something there and that i get faster than others let's say and that i'm able to to see between veils and and that my shamanic capacities in a way how i i use this life force to 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 create altered state of reality it's it's something that comes easy for me like nobody taught me this just because I was put in the in, in the trainings where you know the field was supporting that revelations I I was able to almost like remember that this is this is something that I know already you know so uh, you know because I was the seeker and because I tried so many things and because I came from this you know place of depression and so on so on I really wanted to find this reason why I'm here so when I started to feel that, I, it really felt like, oh, this is why I'm here for. Nice. This is why I'm here for, you know. And 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 then you know, like once once really want to be there, you know. Once you, once you when you start to feel it, like I want to live that. I want to embody that now, but it doesn't happen so fast, you know. You have the moments when you feel like you are it, and then again you forget. You lose it, yeah. And again, you know, you go back into day-to-day life, and you yeah. deal with your problems, and you sometimes became an asshole, you yeah. know, and and you don't care, you know, for a moment. Then do again remember, yeah. right? So yeah. it was the 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 the, the period where uh, where where I was just you know driven by by really wanting to to be this. And, uh, and, you know, and started to offer some, some little sessions here and there, you know, just, just as an exchange and, 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 you know, and going to do, you know, different trainings and go to, to study different mystery schools, more specific ones. Until I came to the point when I realized that, that it's time to, to, to really step into, you know, this being my, my, my let's say, full-time job. I don't like to call it this way, <laughs> but <laughs> you know what I mean. And I did the practitioner training of ISTA, which is specifically designed to actually offer uh, one-to-one somatic sexual uh, shamanic sessions that include body work and include working with the sexuality. Yeah, yeah. I, I, want to, I want to get into that. But just to finish on the training, so you did level two then? 
of mm-hmm. Vista, yes. and then there's a level three, yes. and then there's a practitioner workshop. Yeah. Okay. Practitioner training. Yeah. Yes. Do you want to tell us a little bit? the difference between level one, two, three. <laughs> so one, you explain, how is two different? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we not talk about what's happening in level two, okay. <laughs> either, so either in level three, but I can say that it's a transpersonal work. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So we work, so it's not about you, it's not about your trauma, it's not about your story, it's not about you being a sovereign being, it's actually about service and about awakening to the transpersonal realms. Yes, this is, for me personally, is very important. You know, I'm a big fan of Stan Groff, who's the godfather of transpersonal psychology. And and, and just for people to understand, you know, Stan Groff used to say that um, Freud was fishing, sitting on the back of a whale. Mm. Because, you know, Freud had this incredible intuition of psychosomatic ailment and and how the psyche affect your body mm-hmm. but he was only looking at your biography and then Stan Groff said you know a lot of stuff affect your psyche even before you were born mm-hmm. in the in the mother womb you know like all the children of the mother of the Jewish mother in Nazi time they all end up with eating disorder you know the actual birth itself going through the canal mm-hmm. some kids has a you know easier birth some as an emergency c-section mm-hmm. and also that affect your psyche mm-hmm. and then you can go to the transpersonal which is your ancestry and your previous life and 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 you know to really understand I think the human psyche you have to look also at the transpersonal material mm-hmm. which which we know we know I mean w- it's a, it's a leap of faith but you know, there is more and more discipline like quantum physics, quantum mechanics, paranormal activity that shows that, you know, consciousness is not created by the brain, like mm-hmm. a epiphenomenon of the brain. Mm-hmm. It was, it came before mind. Mm-hmm. It's not that, you know, from a single cell amoeba, then we develop into, you know, these humans that, or these animals when the brain was com- complex enough, then poof, consciousness appeared. Mm-hmm. You know, it might be the other way around. It might be that cosmic consciousness has been there forever mm-hmm. and then created matter. Mm-hmm. So if we embrace this change of paradigm, then it is obvious that we are informed by a lot of transpersonal mm-hmm. material. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so now tell us a little bit about uh, how, you know, how do you work? How is your, what kind of, tell us a little bit about your work. I mean, what is the, I know, I know it's difficult to standardize, everybody's different, but what type of clients do you have? What is it, even if there's not such, such thing as typical, but what's the most, if you can standardize mm-hmm. a little bit, what is the journey of your client? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so most of my clients are people who actually are embarking or on their descent path. And sometimes it is, or at least feels like a conscious choice because they just feel like they want to connect to their body connect to the earth, connect to their sexuality. But why? Because they feel they're disconnected. Yes, yes. And how does it manifest into stopping having, making love with your wife or your husband? Yeah, like not feeling their power, not having erection, Mm -hmm. you know, like women having uh, trauma that they are not able to receive a man or disconnected from the womb, you know, or or they just feel like, they just feel disconnected in general. I work a lot with the emotional body I help people to feel safe in the body, yeah? Because what's happened is that very often we we don't want to even talk about the heavy emotions or trauma, you know? Sometimes when I talk to people, how is my day? <laughs> I, and I use these words because sometimes I'm in it myself, right? Like I go through heavy emotions because I have a capacity to hold them, right? I'm expanded in this way and I'm capacity to hold heavy emotions. And sometimes, you know, not even, not mine, right? So, and people, people, people contract, people are scared, you know, because our system, our nervous systems get overwhelmed. Yeah. So it's a, it's a gentle journey of learning how to feel safe with emotions, all kinds of emotions. Uh, expanding our capacity to hold it, but not in a way of controlling and replacing, but embracing it and finding ecstasy in it, yeah? There is an ecstasy in grief, 
Yeah, there is a power in anger because actually anger is, if you go a little bit deeper, it becomes rage. And rage is just pure, roaring, raw life force of the earth moving through your system. So if you know how to harvest that, you have a lot of power in your body, right? So, so, so I help people to really see, you know, and change the narrative about judging emotions, and 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 then as they start to feel safe, you know, they start to come deeper into their bodies. They are opening more. They feel more safe, and then we can go into sexuality. Some people can go right away into sexuality, but for for many people, the journey, at least the clients that come to me, it's it's connected with with the emotional body first, the work with the emotional body. Amazing, mm-hmm. amazing. And so, do you work with more men, woman, or couple, or everybody? Yeah, uh, I work with with both. I work more with men than women these days, mm. just because. I don't control that. That's what happens. I, I work also with couples. With women, women, I work these days more in the context of circles. And um, yeah, I have gathering coming up and a little retreat. So I, I work in groups with women, but one one these days mainly with men. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. do you have teenager yet? Or young adult, like Mm. 18, 22? No, no. Actually, this is the topic that circulates around me a lot. And, you know, I have a lot of friends here who have children and they keep asking me, but... But no, I think it's it's a little bit tricky to work with the teenagers. Yeah, Mm. they, you know, they are very often, they, they... I don't know, they may be not so open, you know, mm. and uh, then you cannot work with the children under 18 because it basically it's illegal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's call, <laughs> let's call it like young adult, like 18, 23, like yeah. this, this, because I, you know, my son is not very open with me about, about his sexuality, mm-hmm. but, you know, I, I would imagine that, you know, still sexuality is very much linked to alcohol. Mm-hmm. And and I don't know how many of these young kids are really mm-hmm. present and mm-hmm. understanding what's happening and yeah. And so this is I've been super interesting. So where where people can find you if uh, mm-hmm. they've been intrigued, they want to work with you? You have a website and Insta- yes, I have Instagram, which is Divinity in Matter, nice. <laughs> <laughs> and also my website divinityinmatter.com. Perfect. Yeah. And we'll we'll f- people can find everything on the on the on the show notes. This is fantastic. We're now getting to one hour. Is there anything you want to address our audience that we haven't covered? Yeah. What's coming to me now? It's it's to share. You know, like this 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 part around just em- embracing our whole body and just as we embrace everything who we are, the whole humanness you know mm-hmm. the ugly the beautiful the messy you know the 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 pleasure the pain and so on and so on also embracing all of the body which is also you know our genitals receiving a body work that includes also all these parts that's very often are linked to shame and you know so so in my work also i focus a lot on that you know on really like learning people how to feel comfortable naked and comfortable with their genitals with their sexuality and how to really see the innocence the innocence of our bodies the innocence of our sexuality and the sacredness of our flesh and bones Amazing, amazing. Thank you very much for your time and uh, we'll speak to you soon. <laughs> Thank you so much. Ciao, grazie. Ciao. Coca sunarai, sunarai en ti. 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 Coca, sonar, 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 sonar,